let the prize, let the end objective be your motivation and, and remind yourself of it all the time. What you do is hard. What I do is hard. What Noor does is hard. And so you have to know what the end game is, what, what, what the goal is, what the objective is. Episode 222, Life on the Road, a feel-good story and powerful reminder. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With more than 2.8 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, Reinvention. This is the Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, I know you usually like to give an update right now, but I've got a quick update for you first. All right. So our most recent podcast was about cleaning up the email inbox. Yes. I have had a zero inbox for the past week. So have I. Took it so all. I. Took it all to heart. Did it. And... Um, it's, it's tough, uh, changing the habits of going in and checking email on a regular basis has been a challenge. I have failed a few times, but I am keeping that inbox at zero. And I actually think, well, I put a, um, an autoresponder on for the first few days to say, Hey, I'm only checking email at eight in the morning and four in the afternoon. So yep. if you need to get a hold of me quick, call, text, or walk in my office. And I think that I'm getting less email now than I was before. I, I, I completely agree with you. And isn't it just a, a, a freeing feeling? Oh, it is. It is absolutely. So thank you for that. Is well, that- and I've heard, and I'm, I've, I've heard from lots of people this week, I mean, who have done the exact same thing. So, uh, and, and it is hard. I mean, it's, it, well, listen, what it is, it's muscle memory. I mean, it, it'll just get easier and easier and easier and easier. So, uh, but I'm sure feeling a lot better about my life. I feel like I'm not drowning every day. So, uh, so it's great. So anybody who has not listened to that episode, that would have been 221, uh, go back and listen. Uh, it's, it's, it's some really good stuff. It'll just clean up your life. That's, that's exactly it. So the Jason Jennings certification summit, what's happening there? Okay, uh, so this week uh, we had one drop off because of family reasons, but uh, we've got this waiting list and uh, people who want to be there. So uh, March 23rd, 24th, 25th, Tiburon, California, uh, three intense days, had an agenda planning meeting yesterday for a couple of hours uh, that went great. Uh, here, here's the deal. Uh, you uh, come to Tiburon from all around the world. Uh, we're limiting it to 50 people. And uh, over three days, you're going to learn uh, everything that I have been able to learn uh, over eight books, the study of 220,000 companies, uh, 1,200 keynote speeches, five to 700 half-day and full-day workshops. And you're going to become certified uh, to speak on my behalf, train on my behalf, consult on my behalf. Uh, you are going to be certified. Uh, there's no charge. This is a, a labor of love, a labor of giving back. And uh, this week, I got an email from someone that said, I'm sorry, I've always listened to the podcast. I've missed a couple of episodes, and I forgot about this. Is there any chance of getting in? And I said, and so I looked at the guy's resume and his story. Brilliant, brilliant, accomplished guy. And I said, you know what? We had somebody drop off, so you're in. And uh, so if, if so I don't want a lot of people uh, sending me emails and saying I'd like to attend because it's, it's really kind of closed. But 
Uh, if, if you're listening and you know you're special and you know you're called and you, you just feel that you need to be part of this or are being called to be part of this, uh, reach out to me, uh, Jason at Jason-Jennings.com, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, just We've got a bunch of great, accomplished people who are gung-ho about making this happen. So uh, that's the story in the summit. All right. Fantastic. Let's dive into the podcast today. We're going to get a bit of a reminder um, about from your time on the road. And usually when you do come back from a speech, you're out traveling, you've got some really cool stories because you have this insatiable curiosity and you strike up conversations with some really interesting people. So you were uh, spoke in Chicago, Louisville, correct? Yes. Uh, yes. Kentucky. So fill us in. What happened? All right. Uh, so, well, first of all, uh, I have to give you kind of a, an old age moment or an older age moment. I don't have many of them, uh, but one of the things I love to do, uh, I, I know I should re- be reading all of my books and tablets or electronic devices, and I, and I do that. But I love the feeling of having a big hardcover book in my hands on airplanes. Uh, so uh, I get to the San Francisco airplane or airport, and I go in and buy the latest David Baldacci book. I, I, I really like him as an author. And uh, so I jump on the airplane and uh, get settled in and we take off and I open the book and I read the first paragraph and went, oh my God, I bought this book two months ago and read it. I mean, so I am bookless. I mean, why did I make this mistake? So I I was without a book. So I, I get to Louisville, Kentucky, and I have about an hour after I get settled in my room before I have to be in the gym. And I think, okay, I'm going to run out to uh, Carmichael's Books. They've got several locations in Louisville. It's, it's kind of a long-term uh, bookseller there. And so uh, I order up a lift, and uh, my driver shows up, and we start talking. And I said, what's your name? And uh, I'm going to use not his real name, but uh, a similar one. And he said, my name is Noor. And I said, Noor, I, I said, I think I know what part of the world you're from. Where, where are you from? And he said, I'm, I'm from Bhutan. And so I said, well, do you do this full time? And uh, I, I, I just can't help myself. I love engaging people. I, I, I love hearing people's stories. And uh, he said, yes, I drive Lyft full time. I said, how long have you been here? And, and just tell me your story. And uh, he proceeded to tell the story. Uh, he grew up in Bhutan as a Hindu. Now, Hindus in Bhutan are really discriminated against. Uh, they say they don't have discrimination in Bhutan. That's that's BS. Uh, every, every time you've got a majority of one group of people and a smaller group of another people, you're going to have discrimination. And uh, Hindus are really discriminated against by the Buddhists. And, and, and he grew up very, very poor. The average income last year in Bhutan was $17 a month in the cities and even less in rural areas. So he knew he had to get out of Bhutan uh, to rid himself of discrimination and be able to make a life for himself. So he made it legally uh, to the uh, to the U.S. where he had one relative uh, and uncle who assisted him. And as he was telling me the story, uh, he said he, he learned English very, very fast. It, it came to him very, very quickly. He just totally uh, immersed himself in English, would not even talk his native language with his uncle, just watch television. I mean, listen to the radio, read the newspapers. And so so he he got the he got the English language pretty quickly. He got a job, and he was working in convenience stores and things. But finally, as his English improved, uh, he got a, a job as a driver uh, with the biggest private trucking company in the United States. And basically, he was driving trucks back and forth between Nashville. I, I'm yes, but uh, I'm sorry, Nashville, right? Uh, Louisville 
and Los Angeles, back and forth. And uh, he said he was making good money. I mean, it was a very good life. Finally, after a couple of years, he was able to save money and bring his wife and baby to the United States uh, after not having seen them for a couple of years. And so then all of a sudden, he's in Los Angeles, he's in the freight depot, and there's a horrible accident that takes place because of the safety breach. It was not his fault. It was the responsibility of uh, company safety policy or lack thereof and another driver. Um, talk about an accident. He was 28 days in a coma. Uh, during the 28 days, he had 12 major surgeries to replace most of the bones with rods. Uh, during that time, his wife and baby uh, alone and away from him in Louisville uh, basically used up every penny they had. Uh, finally, after 28 days, they transported him back to a nursing home uh, in Louisville to receive physical therapy. He was there for three months uh, and he was pointing uh, to his body. I mean, you know, this bone and my, my femur is a rod. This is a rod. This one in my arm is a rod. And he knew that he would never be going back to that job because he, he really can't lift anything. So he, he told me the story that he said, I had to figure out uh, how I was going to support my family and have the life uh, that I dreamed about having when I came here. He decided to become a Lyft driver three years ago. But he said, when I made the decision to become a Lyft driver, I made the decision to become the best Lyft driver ever. Uh, because he said, I just wanted, and at that point in my life, needed to excel at something and be the best at something. So here's his schedule. Uh, he's up at about 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning, and he's on the road uh, until about 10 o'clock in the morning. And then he goes home for a few hours to be with his family and uh, his uh, eight-year-old girl and his new baby son. And then he's back on the road in the afternoon from 4 o'clock until about 10 or 11 in the evening. Now, let me tell you what he's done. Now, remember, he's he's been driving for Lyft for three years. First of all, saved $100,000 for a down payment on a home that he bought last year for $250,000. So I was curious because he was showing me some pictures on his phone and it looked like a very, very nice house. Well, you know, um, uh, so the other day I was Googling uh, homes for sale, Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, $250,000 can buy you a darn nice home, a brand new home, uh, like by Pulte or somebody in a brand new development, three or four bedrooms, two and a half baths, fenced in yard, uh, looks very much like the house he bought. He also paid cash for a brand new car devoted exclusively for his lift work for $25,000. He's furnished his house. He says they live and eat very well, and they're saving money again. So as he was reaching the crescendo or the climax of this story about what he's been able to achieve, uh, we were driving through some very, very rough parts of Louisville. Louisville's a lovely, lovely city, but it's 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 got some uh, shady spots as well. And we literally, as we were going under one overpass and then another overpass, there were literally, I, I would say, hundreds of, of homeless people. Uh, you saw some drunks passed out on the streets. Uh, There's even a group of people huddled around an impromptu fire that they'd lit inside of an abandoned tire to warm themselves. Uh, it's the seamy part of the city. And um, and I kept thinking about these people. And, and I know I'll, um, because my heart goes out uh, to the homeless because and, and, and the drugs and the alcohol, most of them are self-medicating. Um, uh, most homeless people don't want to be homeless. Um, so Noor decided to wait for me at the bookstore, and then we continued our ride because we wanted to talk some more. 
And I asked him about his resolve. I mean, why didn't he end up uh, huddled around a, a little fire inside of an abandoned tire trying to stay warm? Uh, and uh, he said that uh, his resolve comes from um, his family, that his uh, sole motivation is his wife and his two children. And I said, but what, what, what if you get sick? He said, look, I need to get better fast. He said, I, I can't afford to be sick. He said, that's why I take care of myself. I said, what happens if you get tired? He said, well, I have to be safe. So I just pull over and take a half hour or 45 minute nap in the car. And he also says that there are many more opportunities in his life than challenges. Um, I fell in love with this guy and I fell in love with his story. And as he said to me, he said, there are so many opportunities here. I don't know why people don't take advantage of the opportunities because anybody can do the exact same thing that I've done. So um, when he we actually sat for about 10 more minutes when we got back to the hotel in the car and just continued to talk. I mean, there's going to be somebody I know for a, a long, long time. We've already talked uh, or texted uh, twice uh, since I got off the road. And all I could think about uh, after my workout, because generally during my workout, I only think about working out. But that evening, I was alone in my hotel room. And all I could, th and, and, and this is going to sound judgmental, and I want to go through life being nice, uh, and I don't like to sound hard. Um, but all I was thinking about most of that evening uh, were the veritable excuse factories that so many people become uh, when they don't get things done when they don't make anything happen when they don't provide for their families. And I thought about the whining and the whinging and the complaining and, um, you know, nor, uh, could have gone that way. But, uh, uh, just imagine 28 days in a coma, uh, most of the major bones in your body replaced with rods, uh, three months, uh, in a nursing home, uh, getting therapy, uh, no financial settlement, uh, from the company that may, still be coming in the future and just taking responsibility, doing it all and getting it done. And so my evening with Noor um, basically left me with five thoughts. Uh, number one, um, know who, what, and why you're really doing something and, and don't ever take your eye off your motivation and the prize, uh, Noor had a completely car. I mean, a, a completely spotless car. I mean, it, it looked like it was off the showroom. And th there was only one thing in the car on the dash. There was a picture of his wife and his two children. And we talked about the fact that, uh, and when he looks at that picture, and when he talks about his family, uh, he does so, so adoringly, you, you can just feel the warmth. So you just let the prize, let the end objective be your motivation and, and remind yourself of it all the time. Um, cause it's, it's hard. What you do is hard. What I do is hard. What Noor does is hard. Uh, it's, it's not easy. And so you have to know what, what the end game is, what, what, what the goal is, what the objective is. And, and then you've got to surround yourself with reminders of why you do it. Uh, number two, uh, we have devoted a couple of podcasts to this. Save your money. Treat it very carefully. 
so you can use that money to make something happen for you and your family. Uh, I always urge people they should know the rule of 72. Uh, I I first learned the rule of 72, I think, when I was 19 or 20 years old. And the rule of 72 is uh, take the interest rate you're getting on your money uh, or, or take the return you're getting on your money and uh, divide it into 72. And that's how long it's going to take to double your money. And, uh, and, and always remember that. So save your money and treat it very carefully. I mean, as a Lyft driver, in three years, I saved $100,000 for a down payment in a house. That is possible. And it's wonderful. Number three, uh, Nor and I talked about this. Uh, he said, you are the only one I have ever talked to about money. And I said, why? He said, because other members of my family and other people would want to take it away from me. So uh, my third thought is don't talk about money with others. Uh, Generally, you know, Dale, I'm in favor of total transparency and everything. But in the case of personal finances, mom is the word. Only you and your husband, wife, or partner and financial planner should know anything about your money. There are dark forces out there who will conspire against and try to derail you. There will be temptations, family members, so-called friends. And there are those who are just jealous of, of what you're achieving. Uh, Nor was telling me that some of his other family members who have come to the U.S. Uh, believe that uh, he was able to buy the house and buy the car because he must have received a, a huge settlement uh, from the freight company. And he said that settlement is probably a year or two years away. He said, I've never received a penny. He said, but let them think that. That's fine. Uh, number four, it's, it's about money again. Um, uh, Nora's accomplishment of driving Lyft for three years, paying cash for a brand new car, $100,000 for a down payment on a $250,000 home. I mean, it's wonderful. Well, and guess what? My thought for is this. Truly successful people spend their money on their home, education, self-improvement, health, and charitable giving. But it all starts out by building a solid foundation first. And then number five, and my big takeaway uh, for me is always be curious. I would not have ever learned Noor's story if I hadn't asked. And there's no question that I am a richer man for knowing Noor and for having heard his story and having added him to my list of friends. And so what I've really been thinking about a lot the last couple of days is I think of all the assets that I have, I think maybe um, curiosity is uh, maybe my my biggest asset. And uh, again, I don't want to get into a position of judgment and judge people who are not curious. I guess I know some people who are not very curious, so I can't judge their life. But I can't imagine a life without curiosity. I can't imagine being so self-centered and wrapped up in me that I would get in a lift car and not say to the driver, hi, how are you? How long have you been driving for Lyft? I mean, is this what you do full time or what's your other gig? And tell me your story. And every time we hear the story of someone, uh, we become a richer person as a result. of it. So that's, uh, that's my story about Noor in Louisville. And there's a lot more stories from on the road that I'll share in future episodes. Hmm. I think about specifically for the, for the United States, I know we have listeners all over the world, but for the United States, we are 
living, the data shows that we are living in the safest, most prosperous time in history. And the opportunity, when you talk about opportunity, it's here. And to hear the stories of people who have overcome incredible odds to do what Noor's doing for his family is absolutely inspiring. So... It is. I mean, uh, it is. And, and again, there's a part of me. Look, a lot of people are stuck in bad situations, not because they got themselves there. Uh, but for those who are able to do something, it just makes me sometimes want to, you know, just stand them up and shake them and say, put some starch in your spot. Because, you know, over the years, I, I've heard every excuse from people. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always the circumstances. It's always a bad boss. It was, it was somebody else. And as you've heard me say before, every time you're pointing a finger at someone or something else, three fingers are pointed right back at you. At the end of the day, we are all responsible and Noor got that. Mm. I can count on my hand the number of times, on one hand, the number of times where it's been silent in the lift car uh, because I've we've had this conversation before and I've really taken it to heart to be curious. And you meet some of the most amazing people. It's really cool to see how just the, the ride-sharing apps, Lyft, Uber, uh, have opened up a world of opportunity for for so many people. It's, and, every, it's and, every, and, every, and every story is fascinating. Now, so now let me give you the downside of being curious. So, uh, and I'll leave you with this. And, and I, I will have a final thought for the day. So in San Francisco, uh, we have this group of buildings down at the waterfront called the Embarcadero, uh, a group of tall, skinny, high rises. And every year they're all lit up with lights. So this is really the downside of curiosity. So I, I, I always wondered how many lights do they have on those buildings? And so one day I went into a coffee shop. I grabbed a sandwich and I grabbed a soft drink or something. And I went across the street and I was sitting down on some concrete steps and I was just counting the lights and I said okay how many across how many vertically for each floor how many floors to each building what about the sides they are half the sides or half the size of the front and the back and then multiply by five buildings but take away four stories and so somebody walked by and I said what are you doing and I said I'm counting the lights on the Embarcadero I'm curious as to how many they are and I said you must be nuts so so there's the downside of curiosity, Dale. <laughs> well, um, we are, uh, those of us who are curious, you are a better person for it. I think so. so. I hope so. Absolutely. Any final words for us? Uh, I do. Uh, during our last episode, I used these words, but then I met Noor. And the words are mirror, mirror on the wall. I'll always get up after I fall. And whether I run, walk, or have to crawl, I'll set my goals and accomplish them all. I just had to use that one again uh, because that is the story of Noor. I'm, whether I have to run, walk, or crawl, I'm going to set my goals and accomplish them all. Mm. Um, wow. What a week on the road. Take care. Thank you, Noor, for sharing the story with, with Jason. That's uh, great for all of us. So. Thank you, Jason. Hey, I'm going to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast listening app, whatever that is, if you were with us on Spotify or iTunes. Um, also, you can listen straight off the website, jason-jennings.com. Plus, if you would like to reach out to Jason, his email address, jason at jason-jennings.com. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason 
jennings.com. This is the Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to the Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.